Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at a Chuckery Show. Hanging out at the Key Studios on this Tuesday night with you. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Well, we're waiting for Atlanta United to get back uh, into action as um, they will get things cranked back up here at the, um, eh, I guess, what, about um, about two weeks uh, from right now. August 20th is when they will be back in action. So I guess about 12 days, not quite two weeks, but almost uh, two weeks. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Let's uh, talk to our guy when uh, we need any kind of soccer talk. We turn to our guy, Jason Longshore. He's the color analyst for all things Landing United. You can hear him uh, on broadcast with uh, Mike uh, Mike Connie, and uh, he will be on the call again when we get to uh, August 20th. And uh, Jason is uh, on Twitter, at Longshoe. And uh, Jason, good evening to you as uh, always, my friend. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. So I want to ask you first a question about the the women's national team. And, you know, obviously there's been lots of angst from media, fans, just on on all sides of this. And, And this is what I said at the very beginning of the show, that winning cures everything. And I think that a lot of this angst has gotten riled up because they weren't successful. You know, a lot of things can go away when you start winning. How do you see this, you know, all of this kind of fallout from the women's national team and all of the sub-stories and subplots and sidebars and everything along with it? Well, I think there's two sections of it. There's the section of people who were waiting for the team to not succeed, and then they are now giving soccer opinions about why they didn't succeed, and they don't know. They're not following it. They just don't like some of the individuals who are on the team. Mm-hmm. And look, you know, whatever you want, that's fine. That That's your prerogative. That's cool. From a soccer perspective, I think the the biggest issue here is they didn't convert their chances in this tournament, and you don't have the margin of error to get away with that anymore because the level of competition has improved so, so much. This was a tougher draw than people gave it credit for. I think most people 
and the the broadcasters on Fox were, were right there with everybody. You look at the all-time record against Portugal and say, oh, well, this is an easy group. You've got two first-time teams in the tournament in this group, and they'll win both of those games easy, and, and whatever happens with the Dutch, okay, that was the final last time. That's fine. Portugal's not the same team that they used to be, and that's really, honestly, what has happened in this tournament. Nigeria is not the same team they used to be. They came to a penalty shootout with England, almost knocked England out, who had become the favorite after the U.S. were eliminated. Germany was a favorite to advance. They did not get out of the group. Canada won the gold medal last time at the Olympics. They didn't get out of the group. Um, It's difficult these days. So it's really getting down to a lot of the conversations we have just about the game in general. You know, you have to create chances. You have to convert chances. And the U.S. doesn't have that giant talent gap anymore on the women's side to be wasteful with their chances and still advance. They just can't do that anymore. Sweden took care of business in the shootout. So just as a follow-up to that, so it's not – it doesn't sound like it's a matter of, you know, allocating resources or something like that. It's just, you know, when you get on the field, you got to play better. You know, that you can't just – it sounds like basically what you're saying is you, we can't in America now just overwhelm teams with our talent and, and, and teams are just going to, you know, go by the wayside. Now we have to dig down deep and, and play, and, and, and we've got to – you know, we've got to take advantage of, you know, our opportunities. And it doesn't sound like it's a, you know, like I said, a, a you know, thing of allocating resources or something kind of more bigger picture than all that. It sounds like it's just a matter of we can't overwhelm just on talent alone anymore. You definitely can't. You can't overwhelm on talent anymore. It's just not going to happen against the best 20 teams in the world anymore. And honestly, it might be deeper than that. I mean, this tournament – I think what you've seen when you get into underdogs winning games and you compare it to compare it to the NCAA basketball tournament, you're seeing more upsets in this tournament according to the odds than you see in most tournaments of any sport because I don't think the odds makers, the FIFA rankings, all those things, they can't keep up with how fast some of these teams have developed. And you talk about resources, it's interesting. I think that's what's changed it for a lot of countries around the world. Portugal's a prime example. They've actually invested in developing better women's soccer players. There's pathways to being professional players. And if you want to get deep into that conversation in terms of how the U.S. avoids getting eliminated from a World Cup, I mean, first off, it just it happens. We see it on the men's game all the time. You have a few great teams around the world, and sometimes they just literally don't get it done when the time calls for it in the tournament. That's what happens. But on the women's side, if you want to try to eliminate having these situations happen or at least make it harder for it to happen on the U.S. side, you're going to have to start seeing more players develop in a professional manner as opposed to the college route. And the college route has been – really what put the U.S. on the map because you had Title IX. So you've had investment in women's soccer that even if it's in college, you didn't have that in many countries in the world, period. So you had good, talented players. Well, the the women's college game is not ideally set up to develop the best soccer players. It's set up to develop the best athletes who play soccer because you're playing – 
three games a week, two games a week on a regular basis. It's 20 plus games crammed into 12 weeks or so. You can't train. You can't work on tactics in an in-depth way. You can't develop players who can read a situation in the game and solve the problem that it calls for. You can develop fit athletes. You can develop players that can exploit pace, can exploit power. These are the things you can develop in the college game. The professional game, when you have a team for nine months, you can work on tactics. You can work on plan A's and plan B's and and really get into that stuff. And the U.S. development model is not set up that way. So that gap that the U.S. used to have, it's gone because you have the Portuguese league developing. You have the Italian league developing. The Women's Super League in England is a very good league. It's the gap's gone. So the U.S. has to really you know, figure out, can resources that have been great in this country for developing female soccer players, can those be not exactly reallocated because the college game isn't going to give up money to the pro game, but can the professional game continue to grow to where 18-year-olds say, you know what, I'm going to turn pro, and that's going to make me a better player in the long run and I'm going to get paid enough to make it worthwhile rather than going to college and playing there and getting my degree and chasing it that way. Jason, excuse me, Jason Longshore, uh, color analyst for all things Landing United, joining me here on the waitfor.com hotline. So I believe it's 10 matches left um, in, uh, in league competition. And Correct. I think it's five home, five on the road. So what's going to be the key with this 10-match sprint because – Again, I, I know the season's still got months to it, but, again, this will go pretty quickly when you come down to this last 10 matches. What's going to be the key moving forward in this last group? For, the, for Atlanta United, it's going to be avoiding poor goals being given up. You know, It's almost the flip side from the conversation we just had about finishing chances. Atlanta's had plenty of chances. They've finished plenty of chances. They're going to score a good number of goals. They're going to score enough goals to win games. But where Atlanta United hasn't won games or hasn't gotten the draw in games, it's because they've given up some bad goals. And that's got to get solved in these 10 games because you're at that point where that whole season of developing a style and a a way of playing, it's all there. and, And it's looked good for most of this season, honestly. The goals that have been given up are not because of the identity or the style or the things worked on on the training ground. They've been given up because of individual mistakes, and you have to solve that. And if it means having an extra defender to try to be able to fix some of those mistakes, if it's changes in personnel on the defensive side, that's what you have to do to just get through results because 10 games left, it's not about developing a style anymore. It's about getting results to get as high of a seed in the Eastern Conference that you can. You know, and you look at the schedule, Jason. I mean – it's a couple of matches with Cincinnati, who's the best team in the East, Philadelphia, Nashville. I mean, look, even Miami, even though they're the worst team in MLS, we saw <laughs> we saw that team they used to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, we saw that guy in in what he did, and it was a man amongst boys. So again, the schedule is not going to be very easy. You know, how important does your home record become in this? Because again, it's five and five, but well, if you don't find a way to get your three points at home, you know, I don't know how many wins there's going to be three-point wins, you know, coming on the road. And, 
you know, obviously it's just, you know, you're playing some of the best competition in the Eastern Conference. Your home games are critical. Um, you know, you'd love to win all five. Uh, that's not easy to do, especially against the teams that, that you're going to be seeing at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And where you don't get three points in those games, you have to go get them on the road somewhere. And that's not going to be easy with the schedule ahead. It's just honestly down to to that those defensive issues for me. I like the way that the team has upgraded. I think some pieces of the roster. I like that you'll see Brooks Lennon and Caleb Wiley back on the back line as opposed to playing higher up the field as wingers. I think you're going to have a little more control of the midfield with Tristan Muyamba, who looked really good against Cruz Azul. Like these are all important factors, and I like the tools that that Gonzalo Pineda has to work with. But it just comes down to the individuals, and especially on that back line or that defensive midfield, not making the mistakes that they have um, that's put this team in the situation they're in, where they really are going to need to win all five games at home and then steal some points on the road as well. So, how much credit and how much blame? does Gonzalo Pineda deserve in this season so far? You know, I I think the blame part of it, and there's a lot of that going around, I don't think that is fair for what Gonzalo has worked with this season and dealt with. And again, when you get down to the way that the goals have been conceded, when you're talking about player mistakes, that's different than something structural. That's different than being too risky or, or, or not scoring enough goals because you're too defensive. Like those are things that the coach sets the way he wants his team to play and players execute that. What you're seeing in a lot of these goals that have been conceded are just individual mistakes. And that's not on the manager for me. That's, that's on the individual players. And it's not just one, it's not just one player that's made mistakes. It's been pretty much everybody who's played defensively this year has made mistakes at different times that have cost the team points. And that can't happen anymore. So I think the other thing, and Pineda made a really good point about this in my mind, you had some continuity going and you started to get some good results in the summer. And then to make the additions that you needed to make to get those fullbacks back to playing at fullback as opposed to playing on the wing, you needed to add some winger depth in the, the summer transfer window. You needed to add William Ba. Um, pieces to make the team better. But in that process, you had to move guys first and then play without your new additions first. And then you lost that continuity. And I think you saw some results dropped that were a direct cause of that. So this team, and it's got to be really quick with 10 games left, you got to get down to who are the 11 that give this team the best chance to win games? Who are your impact subs defensively? Who are your impact subs offensively? And you got to make that decision quickly and roll with it and try to keep that group on the field together as often as possible. Last thing for you, Jason. Um, look, when Messi comes here, you know, obviously there's been rumors about whether he's going to play on turf or this, that, and the other. I, you know, and, and just bear with me for a second, but let me, let me ask you if this is maybe a little bit extreme. I gather up the whole Atlanta United squad on that turf because we know that they're not going to – pull up the turf, but I gather up my whole team and go on Miami's side of the field when they're warming up and just, I literally, I have, I have beer cans and I'm drinking beer on the field 
and I'm laying down doing snow angels on the field, right on the turf, just letting all of that stuff just fly up in the air, all those little rubber pebbles and different things like that, just doing snow angels on the turf while I'm drinking Coors Light. Is that maybe a little extreme as to what United should do, or could that potentially psych out Messi and the boys? That would probably be the first time that, that Messi and his teammates have seen anything like okay. that. It might yeah. psych him out. Okay. That would be a little different. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that that's just me. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the way I think. I mean, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm maybe I'm a little bit different, but I just, you know, again, I'm doing snow angels on the turf. I mean, that's that's a given. <laughs> I, look, I, I think if, if Messi or somebody directly connected to Messi had said something about the turf, I'd have more of an issue about it, but they haven't. It's just been this assumption yes. that has been yes. going around on, right. on the on the Bird app and other places. the The issue with that game, for from Lionel Messi's perspective, is he's going to be playing in La Paz, Bolivia, a few days before in a World Cup qualifier for Argentina. I, I don't know if it's the Tuesday or the Wednesday before that Saturday game. He's going to be playing at severe altitude in Bolivia, one of the toughest places to play in the world, not because their team is the best, but because of that altitude. And he's going to turn around in less than a week and then come to Atlanta. That's going to be the issue. I don't think the turf is going to be the issue for him in that game. It's going to be, what does he have in the tank after having to survive playing in La Paz? And do you know, by the way, too, that Atlanta is the – highest elevated major city east of the Mississippi River. I did not know that, actually. Yes, it is. It's, it's the highest elevated city, major city, east of the Mississippi. It's actually a very high altitude city, is Atlanta, believe it or not. Um, well, it, it won't it, help then, because coming from La Paz, then he'll be already acclimated to the altitude. Well, again, just do snow angels on the field at the turf and just <laughs> let that let that stuff fly. Jason Longshore is on Twitter, at Longshoe, and obviously he's our color analyst for all things Atlanta United. You can check him out on the matches with uh, Mike uh, Mike Connie, and uh, he joined me on the waitfor.com hotline. Jason, as always, my friend, appreciate it. Start practicing your snow angels, and we'll talk again here soon. <laughs> I, I will be practicing. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. When we get back, it will be time for What's Bugging Chuckery. I mean, there's a reason why Washington is Washington, and the chefs are the chefs. We'll explain all of that next. Chuck, we're hanging out in the Kia Studios. Sports Radio, not to the game, Odyssey.com app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.